Hello and welcome to the Caffeinated Creators Podcast, the podcast that gives you a glimpse into the lives of rising video and TV creators. I'm your hangry host, Jake Zebley, drinking a cup of coffee and a cramped sound booth in the Klein College of Media and Communication with today's guest. Before I let her speak, let me give you a rundown of who our guest is. Our guest is a junior media studies and production major with a minor in digital content creation at Temple University. She's an aspiring documentary producer who is currently working on her first documentary titled Voice for the Wild. On top of producing her documentary, she is the technical director for the award-winning student news production, Temple Update. She currently works at the Philadelphia Film Festival as a videographer. She puts 200% into whatever project she's working on. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, Bree Dent. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm also hangry. Yes, we were discussing what my intro was going to be beforehand, and we decided that we were just both going to be hangry during this. So Yeah, mine isn't super intense right now, but I definitely see that it will get more intense throughout the podcast, possibly. The only thing that I've had to eat today was a glass of water. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, I don't think I've eaten anything. I think I have like three sips of iced tea. I think that's where I'm no. at. So... Running, you know? both running off of fumes, <laughs> um, and I and I misintroduced you. I said Brie Dent because that's usually what I call you, but yes. I had Brianna Dent written down. Yes, I mean you know either is fine. Brianna, you know that was my name growing up, but okay. when I came to college, I became Brie. Living on the wild side. Exactly, it's all how you introduce yourself. That's what I discovered. So outside of um, not eating, how's your day been? Um, today has been all right. I got to sleep in, which is nice because I don't really get to do that very often. But, um, you know, I'm going through a little bit of a issue right now where I'm trying to sublet my apartment. And I think anyone that has gone through that situation knows how awful and like, just like, it's just terrible because everyone's picky and everyone has their opinions and it's just like annoying. So I have actually a meeting about that at my building after this podcast. So it gets to continue. It gets to continue on, on my Friday. That's but I'm great. <laughs> Normally I ask, what do you have for lunch? But we already went through this. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about what I might have for lunch. What are you going to have for lunch then? I might have... I think I'm trying to save some money, so I don't want to buy anything. So I might go back to my apartment and eat, like, a pasta dish. It's kind of my go-to, like, mac and cheese craft or... Um, like, make it on the spot, or do you have pre-made stuff? Oh, so I, it would just be, like, the dinner box okay. type of thing. Okay. Or, uh, you know, something microwavable, preferably, or stovetop. You know, got to keep it easy. I'm not I'm not a chef over here, so... And before we, we jump into the actual questions, we just wanted to acknowledge that... I uh, royally messed something up. Um, we recorded this podcast two days ago, uh, but my I was recording um, on my phone, and my phone was connected to my Bluetooth headphones, which were sitting in my pocket. Mm. And wah, wah. so now we're here again. But Bree's just such a cool person <laughs> that I'll talk to her again for another half hour. I do want to say that I think during that first take, a lot of wisdom was just pouring out of me and I don't even know if I remember it so I kind of <laughs> wish that I could go back and you know re-remember all that great stuff I came up with but I'm going to try to kind of um, emulate that again today but I can't promise anything because I, I feel like that was a once in a lifetime opportunity. It was and I messed and... up. I, I messed up. <laughs> no, I take I mean, full responsibility yeah, for that. But it's okay we're moving on and we're moving forward. Moving on. So where are you from? Where did you go to high school? 
I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, um, which is like where all the Amish people reside. And so um, I didn't really like it too much growing up. Like it's a nice calm area, I guess, but it's definitely not something you appreciate until you come to school or wherever you move to another area and then you come back. And like now that I'm in Philadelphia for the past couple years, it's like I lo- like I really like it here. But um, when I go home, it feels like a vacation because it's like so calm and just kind of pretty. <laughs> and I um, I went to a really small school when I was in Lancaster called Peckway Valley, and um, that was it was it was really small. I had a graduating class of like 120 people and. Now that I'm at a big university, it's kind of like experiencing two different worlds. When you started looking at colleges, what made you choose Temple? I um, I looked at a lot of like state schools or state affiliated schools, and um, I feel like a lot of the other schools that aren't necessarily in like a big city or even near anything that's like relevant. Um, I just knew that when I wanted to do something of this nature, like video production or even anything related, um, that I kind of needed to be somewhere that was going to provide opportunities for success and jobs and internships and stuff. And so um, some of the other schools were like prettier, like nice campuses and stuff. But um, Temple just like, I really liked everyone's energy here. Everyone like is kind of like prideful who goes to Temple, everyone's proud to go to Temple. And so um, that in combination with the good program and the opportunities that would come being here was kind of what made my decision. When you first got to Temple, what was the first activity that you got involved with? Um, I <coughs> basically, it's a funny little anecdote. I was in line with my freshman year roommate at Insomnia Cookies. And while we were waiting, um, this girl that was in front of us just kind of started talking to us about like food trucks or something. And then I found out we were in the same major. And so she was really interested in talking to me and like kind of giving me a little guidance and stuff. And um, fast forward, uh, that girl was actually Cassie Semyon, who's <laughs> just a star at Temple and even in the real world, too. Yeah. Um, she was the, the sprintern, the girl in the blue dress. Who Hashtag was, go blue dress go. Yes, she went, she went viral after the Manafort trial, and she was in a, a nice image. Quick little sidebar. You can listen to her story on episode four. Yes, plug that. Um, no, she's great, and actually we talked for, like, over an hour that day, and um, I'm sure my roommate was super bored because she's, like, a kinesiology major, and she didn't care what we were talking about. But, um, yeah, she told me to come to Update Now, which is, like, the daily 90-second news brief. That's part of Temple Update, and that's, like, a great show for freshmen to get involved in. So the next day or two, I, I just started showing up, and I really liked it, and I liked how I could... Um, get hands-on experience like from the start so I literally I just showed up every single day to update now and then by my second semester I had auditioned and I was um, selected to direct and produce the show for my spring semester freshman year and that was my start and it was all thanks to Cassie Semyon what a queen (laughs) what a queen (laughs) so within Temple Update um how did you move up the ladder to where you are now? You are the 
technical director of mm-hmm. the of the Thursday show. Uh, mm-hmm. What other positions have you held within Tumble Update? Um, so after Update Now, um, I was kind of like, where do I go from here? So Cassie, once again, Cassie had this thing where she was convinced that me and her were living the same lives, but like a year apart, I guess, because like everything that I did my freshman year was exactly the same for her, her freshman year. So what she did and then what she suggested I do is after Update Now, she was like, you can really find a place for yourself by doing our website, templeupdate.com. So I got really involved with that, and I basically took over her job, and I was, like, the manager, I guess you could say, of the website. And I did that for, like, over a year. Um, And then at that same time for the broadcast on Thursdays, I was the assistant director, and I was managing tapes, which... It's crazy to think that we ever did that. There would be like 40 to 45 tapes every show, and you had to watch them all and cue them all up and organize them, and that was just horrible. Just the process of printing tapes. That too. I think I might have done it twice, but just the thought of it. Yeah, it's bad. It's, you know, the kids these days are spoiled with their digital technology. Um, But then I, after that, I became technical director, um, which I enjoy, and I'm still doing that now. So, um, yeah, I've just been doing a little bit of everything and getting different experiences. And I think even though I'm not really interested in news as like a career, I am happy that I got involved with Update and that I've been able to meet a bunch of people and also learn like all the hard skills that you need. And those skills were transferred to like any genre of production. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Outside of Update, are you involved with any other TV shows? I'm... Getting a bit involved with the Temple Smash, which is a sketch comedy show. Um, I've been a camera operator a couple times recently. Um, but what else did I do? Oh, I, I did, like, Little Ultimo in the beginning, which is, like, the Spanish mm-hmm. Temple update. And then um, We Make the Call, sports talk show. Those were all – I wasn't, like, as involved with them, but just kind of holding crew positions and stuff and just kind of uh, scoping out the other options here at Temple. Um But I feel like once you kind of find your place, like when you're like a freshman, it's almost hard to like move over to a different show or something because it's just like everyone at Temple is like my friend. Temple Update is my friend. Mm -hmm. They're my friends. So it's not like I prefer to be here than to be over in another studio where I don't even like know everyone. It's like I'm like the new kid at school again. And you have to go through it all again. I mean, like, you become friends with all of them, but, you mm-hmm. know, like, you already have your established friend yeah. base here. I'm not even good at meeting people or making <laughs> friends, so, because I'm just a little shy before I get to know people, so I just like to stay in my comfort zone here at Temple Update, you know? So, what got you into broadcasting originally? I, so in high school, I did not have any type of, like, video program or studio or anything. I took, like, one class, and then I think the whole little program they had over there got, like, shut down due to, like, financial reasons. Um, But I think I just always, always had an interest in cameras and, like, photography and video, and I used to make a lot of, like silly YouTube videos just because I really like to entertain people and I would post them on Facebook and have all my friends watch and everyone just thought I was real silly but um so I I also in combination with that I've always been very obsessive when it comes to my TV shows and I've gone through like different periods of my life where like I had my show Uh and my very first show that I ever became obsessed with was Home Improvement (laughs) when they used to play it on Nick at Night. 
and I would stay up like so late till like three or four in the morning when they would start playing it then and like watch all the episodes over and over again and that's just so weird to me like that's such a weird show to be obsessed with but and then I think the same thing happened with the nanny on when they used to play the reruns on Nick at Night and um other other various shows Parks and Rec more recently um but so having that obsession with like those shows um I kind of realized like I think I want to like do this like as a job in my life um I don't I didn't really know like what exact job but just like working on tv shows that that's what i was thinking in my mind so i was like when i came to college i never ever considered like another major and i it's just so weird to me because i just like knew that i had to do like video production basically and i'm just glad i never really had to do any like back and forth or like weighing the options i just like knew i never even when i visited colleges i never even you know considered another major I was always there to look at like their studios and stuff like that so yeah I guess that's what got me into it I don't know I had no real like structure it just like happened it just happened like randomly I don't even know kind of the same thing happened for me just kind of new that's why we're best friends I know right (laughs) why are you in broadcasting still well what what's your drive, your passion, mm-hmm. your spark? I mean, you kind of just talked about it. Yeah. That you've just always just been interested in it. But is there anything else or any anything deeper than that that yeah. is keeping you in it? Yeah, I definitely think um, since coming to Temple, I've um, developed or kind of like honed in on like what I'm more interested in. Like I learned I don't really want to do news as a job, um, but. For me, I'm really into the storytelling aspect, and I think that's why I've been gravitating towards um, documentary production, because there's just so many interesting stories to tell, and um, I feel like I prefer, like, an interesting real-life story over, like, a, a fictional, like, narrative story, because there's just, like, it's so interesting when your subjects are real and the people are telling their real life experiences and stuff. So I think for me, I do love entertainment. I will say that, like late night shows and stuff like that. So maybe that's an option for me as well. But I also feel like any type of video production is about like the story. And then I'm also really interested in like the visuals and having pretty shots and making everything look visually appealing. So um, the combination of those two things is kind of what drives me. It's like the most satisfying thing when you know you're telling a great story and then you also, you got the, the good shots to go with that. And you can pair those up and make a nice, pretty little piece. Wrap it up in a bow, mm-hmm. put it on YouTube. Oh yeah, put it under the Christmas tree. So tell me, oh, I'm sorry, finish. (laughs) No, I have nothing else to say. Uh, You were just... (laughs) I was uh, just being silly. Just being silly. Uh, Tell me a little bit about where you've worked, um, the different internships that you've held. Mm -hmm. Um, My first internship was kind of random. Um, I ended up in the creative services department at NBC 10 here in the Philadelphia area. It's just so random. It's so random because I do graphic design. Like I kind of started that in high school and I'm just totally like self-taught. It's not really anything I was trying to pursue as like a career, but um, I'm very like, I'm interested in it. Um, We're basically the same person. We are the same person. And 
that's why this episode is going to be the best episode to date. <laughs> it's like you're interviewing yourself. I know. <laughs> um, Talking to Amir. <laughs> no, but I, I ended up there, and I was there for like seven months. I did two terms, like back to back, and um, it was a really good experience. I really enjoyed like getting to do work that mattered, and I did work that actually aired on TV, which was really cool, like being in my apartment and having NBC10 on, and I got to see like a promo that I designed and animated and stuff. So I felt like the work that I was doing really mattered, and um, I learned a lot, definitely. And you kind of, I got that experience of working for a big company, NBC Universal. I was actually had an ID and all it had my picture and all it said was NBC Universal intern and I was like wow I'm important like yeah. <laughs> even though I'm not interning for like Jimmy Fallon or something I was like it's basically the same if you looked at this ID <laughs> um <laughs> but uh that was a great experience and then when that came to an end I was trying to focus a little bit more on like something that involved uh, video um, so I got an internship this past semester that's just kind of ending now um, to be the videographer for the Philadelphia Film Festival this year and that was really awesome because I didn't really know anything about film festivals I'm not a film student so I don't really know about those things but I got to see a little bit of what happens um, and how it gets put together and then what it's actually like to go to these screenings. I've never even attended a screening of a film festival, so I got to see a lot of cool films this year before other people got to see them. That's awesome. Yeah, I felt special. What are you working on right now? You, I, I introed um, Voice for the Wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it about? What's it going to do? Yes, so I will plug my documentary now. It is part of a class that I'm in this semester. Um, you, you're in a basically a group of students, so there's five of us, and we um, have been spending the entire semester producing, shooting, editing this documentary called Voice for the Wild, which is... Um, I never really know how to explain what it's about because I don't want to throw people off because I guess it's a bit controversial, even though I didn't realize that when we started it. Basically, it's, it revolves around zoos. Um, and the point was that, you know, a lot of people view zoos negatively. And I feel like there's a lot of... Um, there's a negative perception because people aren't always educated about the topic and they think that they know what they're talking about, but a lot of time they don't. <laughs> and they want to slander these zoos. There's a lot of slander, I shall say. And um, especially on Twitter. Sometimes on Twitter you'll see a tweet that's like, retweet if you think all animals in the zoo should just be released and be allowed to roam in the wild freely. And it has like you know, 200,000 retweets. And it's like, well, did you know that if a lot of these animals were released, they would just die immediately because they can't take care of themselves? Um, but anyway, so the doc is just kind of, we went to a local zoo, Elmwood Park Zoo. We love them. Um, they worked with us and they were so great and they gave us a lot of great content. And we just wanted to kind of shed a light on the people that do the work there and why they do the work and why it's important. So I don't necessarily want to, even though my personal opinion is that zoos are great and really important, we didn't necessarily want the doc to be, like, in your face, like, you're wrong, zoos are great. We just wanted to be, like, here, we're presenting you with information, come to your own conclusion by the end. And maybe it'll kind of teach you some stuff that you didn't know before, and that might kind of shift your opinion a little bit. So. If you had one. If I mean, you had one. I think zoos are pretty cool. They're cool, but I think a lot of people have that 
like thing animal, in the back. animal cruelty. Yeah. Is like probably in the back of their to. mind, they're like, why is it okay for them to keep some giraffes in the middle of Pennsylvania? Yeah. And I had the same thought. And actually, even though I always knew that zoos are good, I knew that they were important for a reason. I learned a lot throughout the process of this and just hearing the zookeepers themselves talk about different things that you would never even think of, like medical things and different reasons why they have to have zoos right now. Because in an ideal world, I think there wouldn't be zoos. But and that's touched on in the doc. If you watch it, look it up. It's going to be done soon in a couple weeks here. We're still editing. Do you have a, a link set up or a place where people can watch it? Um, it really depends. I wish I could give you a concrete answer, but the best thing I could say is follow me on social media, which we will plug at the end. Well, you could say it now, Breezy Dent. Yes, Breezy Dent. I like to say Brick Dent. You can follow me on Twitter or probably Instagram is better. Um, but we will be submitting to a couple festivals, and if it gets accepted to the festivals, you can't really release it until it goes through the, the festival circuit. Okay. So depending on how that goes, it could be up soon or it could take a couple months. But, or actually, you know what? Um, I've never done a film like this, so I totally forgot this is a thing. But we do have a Facebook page for our film. So if you just type in on Facebook, Voice for the Wild, it should come up. And I'm sure we'll keep up with that for anyone that's interested in watching the film. But I really hope we can share it soon because I've been working on it for months. and It's just like, dying. I want to put it out. <laughs> I'm dying to get it done and then have people actually be able to watch it. <laughs> so what are... You obviously want to do documentary film work. Mm -hmm. um, what would be like your ideal dream job your, and, and location? I think, so I've had a lot of trouble with this recently because it wasn't until this semester that I was like, wow, maybe I really want to do documentary production like as a career because I always thought that I would end up doing entertainment TV, whether it was like comedy sitcoms or late night shows. But um, I think... Right now, I would maybe pursue, like, Netflix has some awesome, awesome, like, documentaries. I don't uh -huh. even know how you, like, get a job at Netflix, but, like, some sort of organization to that extent maybe that produces documentaries, and I just feel like I have to be in or near a major city. I'd really love to go to California because, like, it's beautiful over there, but they also have earthquakes and fires. Earthquakes, fires, and there's a lot of people. There's, there's a lot of people. There's too much traffic. So I'll just say my mind is open to the location that I'll end up in, but I do not want to end up in, like, middle America. Like, I got to be on a coast or near a coast. Okay. I'll say that. Um, and I think I've heard that don't say no to like almost anything because like an opportunity probably isn't going to come back and present itself twice so if after I graduate and I'm looking for a job if someone comes to me with a job that someone interests me I'm going to be like you know what I'll try it out because the first couple years after college I think you have to be a yes person yeah so that's my plan what do you have to say to people <laughs> Last time, I think I really went off when you asked me this question. But um, to people, what I have to say is... I was... I mean, if we want to discuss what I should call my fan base, my loyal listeners. Okay. Um, there was the idea that was presented to me that I should call them the caffeinators. Yes. That's great. That's okay. it. 
That's great. That's it. <laughs> so address address the caffeinators. Okay. To the caffeinators. What I have to say is, and I made this reference last time, and I'm going to do it again because it's perfect. Every time I start a sentence, it's like I don't know where I'm going to end up. It's like because <laughs> if anyone is an, a fan of The Office, that Michael Scott line where he's like, sometimes I just start talking and I just want to, I don't really know where it's going to end up. I just hope I find it along the way. That's me. Um, I think what I was talking about last time, and I want to reiterate it, is caffeinators. You have to be driven and you have to work hard. And that's really basic to say. But I've met so many people that I work with in group projects or like that are in some of my classes and stuff. And like a lot of people just don't care. And it's like easy to when you're a hardworking person, it's easy to forget that a lot of people are not the same way that you are. But it's like a lot of the people I surround myself with, I'm so happy that they are all passionate about what they're doing. And they are like some of the hardest working people I've ever met. And I think we all like it's like a healthy competition. Like everyone wants to like be really good at what they're currently doing. So caffeinators, you have to work hard. Like literally the grind never stops. I'm telling you, it never, ever, ever stops. Every day when I think I'm done with like, I have a little break, it's like something new pops up. But I know that it's going to pay off and I'm gonna have a great, Here we go again. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I'm going to have a great um, payoff later in life when I am going to be able to m- maybe even have a choice as to, you know, what I'm going to like, what career I'm going to have. Because if you don't know how to do anything, you might just end up doing something random. But if you get good enough at something, you'll start having a choice and you can pick and choose like what projects you want to work on and stuff like that. So I don't even think that was at all what I said last time. Like I said, I say a lot of things that sound wise and then I forget them like five minutes later. But, oh, you know what I did talk about? What did you talk about? Because I don't remember, (laughs) to be honest. What I talked about was, um, oh, I just forgot. Wait, it was so good too. I don't remember. It's fine. Maybe at the end I'll remember. If you if you remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember this portion. Uh, how many cups of coffee do you think you've consumed in your life? Zero. And if we're moving down from cups to sips, it's like two to three sips in my life. Because I think it's genetic. My mom hates coffee and she thinks it tastes like dirt. And I also think it tastes like dirt. So, straight tastes like dirt. I'm sorry, caffeinators. <laughs> I really, I love the smell of coffee and I really wish I liked it because it would make my life a lot easier. Um, and since I don't drink coffee, one day I realized like, hey, a lot of people when they're tired and they need to get through a day, they go get coffee and they wake up a little bit. But for me, I always just dealt with it and I was just like dying. And then I thought, hey, let me try a Red Bull. So ever since then, I've been drinking Red Bull. So that's a little embarrassing to say. Have you done coffee with like cream and sugar and you still don't like it? I have tried like some of the like really not like fancy, but really like involved Starbucks drinks that like the coffee is taste is barely there. But if there's like a hint of coffee in something, okay. I can taste it. And okay. I think I'm I think I'm drinking like liquid dirt. Okay. <laughs> and before people freak out, do, give your case for Red Bull. OK, so if you look up and you do some you do some research, you will find 
that Red Bull is really not as bad as people make it out to be. You just can't be drinking like three cans in a day. But I keep it, I drink like, I think it's like the eight ounce cans that are smaller. And like, so it's really not that much liquid to begin with. And, um, you know, I get my energy. And I've really never had the experience where I'm like so wired that like I start like having a breakdown or I can't fall asleep or something. Like I've literally drank Red Bull like late at night and gone to sleep like an hour later. But by choice. Yeah. It wasn't that I was just falling asleep or whatever. So, don't hate on me, hate on Monster, because I don't know anything about Monster, but they seem like a worse brand than Red Bull. I like the Red Bull brand, so I'm going to stay loyal. That's what um, Matt Ward said. He really? Liked, he liked the, he drinks Red Bull, too. He, mm. he is, I should probably pre-interview, it's called Caffeinated Creators. I mean, you are having caffeine, but yes. I should, I, the intention was coffee. But mm. regardless, you still get your caffeine, but he was talking about how he likes Red Bull the drink, as well as Red Bull, the media brand. Yes, I I agree. Both myself and I know Max Bass, who was also an interviewee on this wonderful show. In the dark days. Mm. Episode one. <laughs> yeah, way back then. No one cares anymore. Just kidding. Great episode. Go listen. Um, no, we are both very passionate about brands, and that's kind of why like I... I, ha- I do have an, a minor, or I'm getting a minor in like an advertising subject. Um... Because a brand is everything. It's like, why do people pay $2,000 for, like, a MacBook? And Mm -hmm. it's like, the brand, the Apple brand is just, like, great. Like, yeah, their phone batteries suck after a year, but I'm still going to buy an iPhone. Like, it's just, brand is everything. And Red Bull has a great, very clean brand. I love the different, like, colors of the cans and stuff. And Red Bull is just, like, yucky. It's like, reminds me of, like skateboarders who haven't showered in like two weeks or something (laughs) like it's just kind of gross and like grimy but i want to be a brand ambassador for red bull so hit me up (laughs) red bull and red bull like marketing people what's your favorite uh flavor of red bull um i love blueberry and i love cranberry and i wish i liked some of the other ones but a lot of the times i'll try the flavored ones i'm just like not a huge fan the the yellow one have you ever had that one no i have I, the yellow one yeah i have that one waiting in the fridge mm. I haven't, haven't you might it. like it if you like pineapple it's called like tropical but it just tastes like liquefied pineapples and it's like super intense to me so i'm not a huge fan but it's cute i know it's a lot of people's like favorite i like i like the color yellow so I wish I liked it so I could carry around the cute yellow can, but some stuff with blue or red. I'm going to make my case for a different drink for, because um, you mentioned cranberry. Reminded me yes. of strawberry Sprite. If okay. you haven't tried strawberry Sprite, you need to hop on the strain. Here's a hot take. I love Sprite. But is Sprite not supposed to be, I just asked that in a negative, but it's okay. Um... Sprite is supposed to be... Lemon-lime. Lemon-lime. So when you make it a different flavor, is it still Sprite? Probably not. I don't think so, because I tried one of well, theirs no, they, before. They made Sprite Cranberry. Like, yeah, that's, that's I've a had thing. it, actually, I think. That's the thing they're promoting right now, so it's is it still lemon-lime with cranberry? I think I've had it, and it just literally tasted like sparkling, like, cranberry-ish okay. You know, it's like it was fine. It wasn't my favorite because I was like, if I'm going to be drinking Sprite, I want that freshening like lemon lime flavor. So I've I've had this conversation with other people and it's like it's different because Fanta, you know, orange soda, they also have grape and like other flavors. But like 
it just makes sense. Yeah. Because they are supposed to be different flavors. Yeah. Sprite is supposed to be lemon lime. And if you change it, it's debatable if it's still Sprite. I was trying to make my case, and then this turned into a, just dragging. I'm a, I'm a great um, arguer. That's... A debater. That's good. I mean... I'm a master I'm just debater. I'm just saying that it tastes good and that you should probably try it. I will, Jake. I'll give it a second chance. I don't want to shut down your, your promo for the cranberry for Sprite. Strawberry Sprite. Strawberry... Okay. Wait, we were talking about both. It's fine. Yes, I said I I made my case for strawberry, and then we discussed cranberry. I don't know if I had strawberry. I'll try that one. Strawberry, you can get it with the freestyle machines. Okay, okay. I'll check it out. Cool. Do you have anything else to say to the caffeinators? No, just kidding. I'm not going to go on. I'm not going to drag this on any longer. But I hope that everyone, I hope the caffeinators feel that they learned a little bit about me and maybe about life since I really gave that life lesson in the middle of this thing. Dropping it on them. They probably hate me because I sound like I know more than everyone else, (laughs) but that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just giving you my... She's just talking. My life experiences. I'm just talking because, like, when you ask me questions, I will not stop talking. That's just how I am. (laughs) Perfect podcast guest. Thank you. Well, that's our show for today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, like we said earlier in the show, follow Bree um, at, on her social media at uh, B R I C Dent or Brick Dent, as yes. she so um, <laughs> I don't want to say woefully described, but how she how she said it. Uh, follow Caffeinated Creators on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at C A F Creators. Follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Jake Zebley. Signing off saying, chow down, this is Jake Zebley for Caffeinated Creators. <laughs>